0: Hi, this is Ben Eshmade and welcome to the King's Place podcast. On this edition we find out more about one of the most famous and beloved Czech composers, Dvořák. From the 27th to the 29th of November, pianist and curator Daniel Tong will bring us performances of the Dumky Trio, Gypsy Songs, Piano Quintet and Serenade for Strings. He joined me backstage to explain. Big question to start off with, who was Dvořák? Ah, well, he was,
1: or still is probably, the most famous Czech composer and he's a contemporary, as slightly younger contemporary of Brahms, that kind of era, and he wrote loads and loads of chamber music all throughout his career. Um, Some really wonderful undiscovered gems, as well as some really famous pieces that anyone will recognise, like his piano quintet or Dumki trio, or maybe the most famous of all, the American string quartet.
0: Why is his music important to
1: you? Um, I absolutely love the immediacy of it and the, the vibrancy of it, and so often his music is extremely uplifting and it makes a connection directly with you. If I think of some of the other composers that spring to mind, Brahms and Vorjak were great friends and Brahms did a lot for Vorjak's work but often with Brahms you feel that you can kind of hear the learning in his music maybe similarly with Beethoven or even occasionally with Schumann or Mendelssohn but with Vorjak it always goes straight to the point. It dances and it sings and it's music that absolutely feels as if it's been improvised on the spot I think. I suppose if you were going to say one main thing to sum up Borzak and his music, it's that everything he wrote is imbued with um, a song and a dance spirit from uh, mostly Czech but also some further Eastern music and folk music which he was very interested in. And throughout his life he managed to somehow miraculously get these effortless melodies and dances in the middle of classical structures in a way that almost no other composer could. There's, it's incredibly distinctive and, and immediate music. You, you'll never mistake a
0: piece of project for anyone else, that's for sure. I'm interested to know what it's like from the, from the piano perspective.
1: I love its invention. It's not music which is, I have to be honest, I don't find it the most pianistic music, although actually he was a very good pianist and an organist too, but he was also absolutely devoted to vocal music and he wrote lots of operas, although these days Ruzalka is the only one that's normally done, but he wrote lots of operas, lots of choral pieces and lots of songs too. Um, apart from which, he was also a very good violinist and viola player. So these kind of melodic instruments seem where he's most natural to me. And I find often when I'm playing his piano parts, I'm trying to imitate something. I'm trying to imitate a violin. Or I'm trying to imitate a voice or, or often the sort of folk instruments as well, a, a cimbalom or a guitar or, or whatever it might be. And it's that kind of thing which carries me off into a, to another world.
0: I wanted to ask about the folk melodies and the, and the, and the dance melodies, I suppose, or, or, or that kind of aspect of it. I mean, he didn't have a tape recorder to go around and, and record these things, so were they just melodies that he would have known?
1: Yeah, I think it's probably an important distinction that most of the time with Vorjak we're not talking about someone like Bartok, who came along a few years later and, and actually wanted to literally record folk music and not only with a modern recording device, but write it down and play it on a piano or on a string quartet so that it sounded as close as possible to the actual real thing. With Vorjek, we're much more talking about picking up on an, on an idiom, on a, on a feeling, and just weaving those kinds of individual rhythmic flicks and jumps and, and the intonation of the song and also the intonation of of the Czech language, which is all seems sort of imbued into his music. But I, I don't think, even in something like the Dumki Trio, where there are six folk-inspired movements, I don't think that he's literally just quoting melodies that he would have known. And I wonder why. I mean, I suppose in those days, the idea of nationalist music was still slightly in its infancy. Mm. And so the idea of writing... In a Czech style was enough, but you didn't have to actually literally go back to the original.
0: Let's move through the concerts very quickly and, and just see see what you've got planned, if that's okay. So we'll start on the Thursday, which has got the title Gypsy Songs and Dumky Trio.
1: Yes, well, we're going to start with a, the programme which is probably most overtly illustrative of, of Vorjak's folk heritage. Right, we're going to go straight in there with one of his absolute... Um, Masterpieces, possibly one of his most unusual too, which is this this Dumkey trio in six movements, um, very unlike a normal piano trio, and in, indeed very unlike the other three piano trios that he wrote, in that he throws away that classical structure and just writes a, a kind of cycle of these very storytelling and very kind of um, nostalgic, whimsical kind of song episodes, but then interspersed in the middle of all of that, they're incredibly energetic. The kind of dances that you'll recognize are often where, which whip up into an absolute frenzy. And this concert's with my own ensemble, the the London Bridge Ensemble. One of the things that we do is we like to put songs alongside chamber music. So we have our resident singer, Ivan, and he'll be over as well to sing two short song cycles, um, the Gypsy songs, which people will, I'm sure, recognise at least one of the absolute mesmerising songs my mother taught me, which you have to wipe a tear from your eye, but that's okay. You can do that in the interval. And then in the second half, the, the, the next cycle is even called in folk tone, so it's, it, he's, showing, he's nailing his colours to the mast there and, and showing where that music comes from. And then we're going to end with the fabulous E-flat piano quartet, which I think is one of Vorjac's absolute masterpieces from his mature period. And it's, um, if you're not dancing at the end of that, then there's something wrong, I
0: think. We're going to hear something from a recording.
1: Yeah, that's, um, that's my ensemble, uh, London Bridge, a trio of us playing the fifth movement from the, the Dumke. And in fact, although a lot of that piece is, is quite introspective, this movement is really quite energetic and, and fun.
0: let's move to Friday before the before the concert in the evening there is a um, pre-concert talk why should someone come to a pre-concert talk
1: I love putting music into context and finding out more about it I think if you hear a piece once you've heard someone talk about it and you've heard a few extracts and you're in that world and you're kind of ready for it it can often be twice the experience and also on this occasion it's such a famous piece the, the piano quintet like, what can we find out a bit about it that, that we didn't already
0: know we'll probably all
1: know the tunes but it's, it's got an interesting history too and um
0: okay i'm gonna put you on the spot tell me one thing about that piece that someone probably doesn't know <laughs>
1: um, um it's actually his second piano quintet um, you might not know, because no-one ever plays the first one, which was a really juvenile work of his in the same key, and it's almost like a, a dry run, so he came back later to the piano quintet, worked it up again, and ended up with a masterpiece.
0: Fantastic. Um, OK, moving on to the concert, M- more dancing.
1: Um, well, this one, is it's got one of the earliest string quartets, which is incredibly kind of um, delicate and wonderfully tuneful. And then we've got some some miniatures in that concert as well, which are slightly different from the big structures of all the other pieces. We've got these wonderful Slavonic dances which made him famous, but also a piece called The Silent Woods for cello and piano. It's actually an arrangement of one of his songs. It's great. It's very evocative, actually, that piece, and almost kind of uh, Listian and and incredibly kind of romantic with with a capital R. That shows a slightly different side of Vorjak. And then we've got the the four romantic pieces, which are a little sweet for violin and piano, which are almost the opposite of the the silent woods, something um, which almost goes back to to Schumann or someone in the sort of short character piece style.
0: And and this is the Navarra Quartet?
1: Yes, the Navarra Quartet, that sort of wonderful, energetic, vibrant young ensemble. All of our chamber musicians who are playing on the first two days are also going to be coming back and playing in our festival orchestra at the end as well. So you'll get to see plenty of these people.
0: OK, moving on to the Saturday, I think we have three separate things to um, invite people to on this. We've had the pre-concert talk where we, we, we put the music in context. And then on the Saturday, you've got a, um, a study day uh, where you, you explore the composer more.
1: Uh, well, on study day, if you come along to that, you're really going to immerse yourself in, in the world of Vorjek plenty of time and a whole day there. So we've got two or three different aspects to the day and we're going to be looking at Dvořák in different contexts. So um, Jan Smachný is going to be talking about him in the Czech tradition. The big daddy of Czech nationalist music was Smetana, who was a little older than Dvořák and who started it all. And then after that, so along comes Josef Suk and, and even Janáček and people like that. And there's an incredibly rich and fertile group of composers writing in that style. Um, But then Richard Wigmore's going to come along and almost put the other side and and talk about where Dvořák fitted into the bigger world of music, which was dominated at at that time by the Austro-German composers. And then for the last component, I'll be digging around inside one of his chamber pieces and, and with a group of colleagues trying to show what the inner workings are and what makes that piece work so successfully.
0: Um, OK, so we have two concerts in Hall 1 on that day. Let's start with the first one at 5.30, which has got the, it's got the title Bagatelles.
1: Yes, actually, the Bagatelles, um, although it's a good title because one of the pieces are his Bagatelles, um, obviously enough, which are incredibly charming and written for a very unusual combination of instruments. A group of friends who just happened to be there and who didn't have a violist amongst them, so two violins and, and cello. But... Actually, the other piece in that program is one of his mightiest, the F minor piano trio, which is a real, like, complete high point of his mature style. For me, it was one of his absolute greatest chain music pieces. So we're putting two opposites next to each other there.
0: Okay, moving on to the to the evening, and at 7:30 we have Serenade for Strings, one of his most famous pieces, alongside the the last uh, string quartet.
1: Yes, well again, um, concert of contrast, and this whole day is is built around musicians from my festival in the Y valleys. So that evening concert has a string quartet, which started life at the Y valley this year and was performed down there, and then also a performance of one of his early. Piano trios, which will contrast so well with the F minor earlier in the day. The um, Serenade, which finishes the, the programme, where we'll have 15 string players on stage and a whole group of friends playing together, is, is also uh, actually quite an early piece. So we're going to have a contrast with String Quartet, which is one of the very last pieces that he ever wrote. Absolute culmination of his, of his art, I think. It's incredibly cleverly structured and it's really one of the pieces that would absolutely hold its own in in any austro-german company as well as any czech
0: well thank you for guiding us through through that i I have to have to finish i'm sure i'm sure even though we've got months to go you you need to start practicing
1: (laughs) (laughs) i've already started practicing um don't worry about that but um only because i've played some of these pieces before but i certainly already plunging myself into this whole world and i mean that's the great fun of curating something like this it's getting into all these pieces reading up about them listening to them talking to people about them Um, by the time you actually get to the concerts you feel that you've actually kind of completely basked in the world of a absolutely wonderful composer i mean why else do it and um, if you
0: come along i think you'll enjoy it too The mini-festival Dvořák Explored runs from Thursday the 27th to Saturday the 29th of November, featuring all the bagatelles, songs and quartets, in fact all the music that Daniel mentioned. I'm Ben Maid, and you've been listening to a King's Place podcast. For more details about these events and ticket links, please visit kingsplace.co.uk. Thanks for listening.